Welcome to Movies on Shuffle. I, I think that's what it's called, Dallas. I, I'm not 100% sure. I, the name is still Movies on Shuffle. I think that's what we're continuing with. Mm-hmm. Correct? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this week, we're going to talk about the 2011 film Weekend, which is streaming on Tubi and then Pluto TV. You can purchase it on Amazon and a bunch of other places that you can purchase your digital movies. No major. Keep picking these ones. I have to find these random apps on my TV that yeah. have ads, <laughs> which takes me out of it. Pick one that's on a major streaming service, Dallas. I don't have to have these fucking ads. Well, that's not likely with smaller independent. No? Okay. Movies, but yeah. I've started buying it because it really takes me out when I have to watch like four minutes of ads. I'm just like, oh, because I have my volume set to the perfect level. And then the ads always either just like are blaring loud or I don't know. It's just not right. So mm-hmm. but let's get going, Dallas. Let's kick into gear and let's talk about Weekend. So will you provide a little synopsis of what this film is about? Of course. So according to IMDb, after a drunken house party with his straight mates, Russell heads out to a gay club. Just before closing time, he picks up Glenn, but what's expected to be just a one-night stand becomes something else, something special. Okay. That's basically what it's about. It's a very straightforward movie, I think. Not like last time. There's no fantasy. There's no magical flower. There's no dancing. <laughs> I mean, there's dancing in a club, but you know what I mean? I enjoyed it. I'm Spoiler, I enjoyed it more just because it's more uh, typical movie than Were the World Mine, which was just... All over the place. And like, these are both independent films, I believe. I believe this one. But yes. like the budget level of this would actually felt like a movie where that felt like I told you last time that felt yeah. like you went to the dollar store and you're like, this is a dollar <laughs> store movie that yeah. they had no budget. It's like like a college film almost, I guess, where this yeah. felt professionally done. Yes. Well, we'll get into that. So for starters, movie was in limited. It was a limited release, obviously, but it made over one point one million dollars on a budget of what the director said was one hundred and twenty thousand. We don't know if that's pounds or dollars. Either way, it's less than two hundred thousand dollars. So that's you know successful. And the reason I know about this movie is because of how critically lauded it was. I think everyone in the gay world was talking about it when it came out in two thousand eleven. A lot of big time actors were talking about it and holds a 95% of Rotten Tomatoes, 85 reviews. And it was nominated for Outstanding Limited Release Film at the 2012 GLAAD Media Awards. So written and directed by Andrew Hagg, I believe is a British filmmaker uh, and is openly gay himself. Obviously, I don't know why a straight man would make a movie. He came from a pretty successful background as a film editor. He edited Gladiator, Black Hawk Down, Mona Lisa Smile. So he was like working for big studios. It was his second feature film. He did a lot of short films before that. Those two. And it's starring Tom Cullen and Chris New. So let's just get that segment out of the way. From what I can tell, Tom Collin is straight to some articles, but not according wow. to his Wikipedia or anything. I don't know. I'm surprised that. either of them to be straight and do this. <laughs> he might be bi, he might be not out. I don't I don't know. He's the more successful actor. He got on Down Abbey after this. He's been in a lot of movies and TV shows. So who knows? Chris New is definitely gay, the other actor. Tom Collin plays the lifeguard guy. Chris yeah. New is the artist. So Russell is the former and then Glenn is the latter. That was Chris New's first acting role on screen. And he, he came from theater. This was released on September 23rd, 2011 in the States. It was released in Britain later that year. 
It technically debuted, I believe, South by Southwest. In the spring of 2011, Vine is going off of the U.S. release date. So September 23rd, 2011, we have a few pieces of news. That day, actress Lisa Lind divorces actor James Marsden after 11 years of marriage. Uh, American sci-fi author Stuart J. Byrne, known for writing Starman and Goldman, passes away at the age of seven. And then just more general information. It was on a Friday. These are usually at least 11 years, four months, and 17 days ago. The number one song was Moves Like Jagger by Maroon 5 featuring Christina Aguilera. And the top grossing film at the domestic box office was a 3D re-release of the 1994 film The Lion King. That's so random. Yeah, I know. I saw that. I was like, okay. And so now we can get into discussion of this movie as usual. I did not rewatch this movie. I've seen it probably a few times. It's been a while though. So I'm going to need some refreshers, but it's a pretty straightforward story. I think. Yeah. And I watched it two hours ago. Yeah. So you can it's pretty it. fresh in my mind. Yeah. What I did do yesterday though, after I sent it to you watch is I skimmed it. Cause I knew there was a few scenes, <laughs> these sex scenes. And I just wanted yeah. to, make sure i just want to give you a little warning what you were getting into nothing too crazy the one the one you said the cum shot on that one was not it was like i don't know 10 seconds it's whatever yeah. and like they made like the cum shot thing is a big deal and you made it too okay it was in a mainstream movie to see i'm on the chest is a little whoa whoa but it was more the ending one where it was like two, three minutes. Yeah, I think it was also because Haley Wong. I didn't Wong, too crazy in that. It's just, hey, hey, just too body. But there was like but, he was, but he was simulating a blowjob for like a good yeah. thirty seconds. But Haley also you walked out. The at the end of, Haley, I know, but Haley walked out at the end of the movie, and I was like, of course, we're just gonna. <laughs> It is what it know is. we're doing this. <laughs> she does, but it's that still like a, watch that on it doesn't matter. Straight or gay, whatever it is. When somebody walks out, when there's a <laughs> sex scene, it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I did see, I saw that too. Cause I, the, I knew there was an ending sex scene and it is yeah. Yeah, the Russell character is giving me a blowjob. Yeah. It's a longer one, but okay. Have, you haven't seen blonde yet. Have you? There's a much more uncomfortable simulated blowjob scene in that one. Ana de Armas is blowing an actor playing the president, JFK. <laughs> it is, it's yeah. oh it's uncomfortable um it's a similar vibe it's the, you know you just see her going oh, oh. and she's covering it with her hand because you don't see it or you see her here and she doesn't it's like three minutes like crazy where do you want to go right now do we want to just start from the front and go work away to the end yeah okay. that's the plot is <laughs> so <laughs> this is not pl- this this is not plot related at all but like i texted you right away i was like holy shit and it got better because the main actors i could understand but when russell was at that house party i couldn't yeah, understand with friends, friends there's like and i'm like oh my god this is the thickest british whatever accent for everyone you can't understand it i had to put subtitles on right away i was like i don't subtitles are a must does he say where he's from character no, no because the actor is I'm... welsh and welsh accents are very well he says he doesn't he's like i've never traveled like anywhere so i have no idea and i don't know if he's putting on an english accent or what but it was when they're at that initial party it is so thick it like everyone around him i couldn't understand shit mm-hmm. let's start oh, going... what's that let's start. the party let's start there yeah okay so I remember correctly is he out to those friends so this is my confused like this is my like it's not known until later in the movie because like i was assuming a plot line was going to be that he hasn't come out to his friends he has right but he has he hasn't he said he's come out to his close personal friends and it seems like everyone knows but he doesn't and like his growth as a character from the beginning to the end is he doesn't like to act gay in public it makes him kind of uncomfortable 
whatever that means. Yeah. And that is where Glenn is completely the complete opposite where he's fine. Yes, Glenn's very showing affection and all kind of stuff. He's affection. being himself in public. Yes. But I was very confused because he's acting like he hasn't come out to any of these people. But then he's like, yeah, I've, I've come out to Jamie. We just don't like talking about that. Like Jamie's his friend from foster care that he's the but, godfather yeah. or his daughter. But, but don't you get to talk about it? Sense at the end that the friend would talk about it. It's just wrestles. Yeah. 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 Not coming from his friend, just no, perceived. It's him. His internal yeah. stuff. Yeah. So he lies because I don't think he likes. Yeah, he doesn't want to say to say that he's going going well. to a gay bar. Yeah. yeah, he admits it too. Like that is so intense. Like going to a gay bar that's like that would make me so panic. Like I hate like the loud noises, flashing like, stuff. That would straight gay doesn't matter. I don't like clubs. Oof, hate clubs. It's way too intimidating. He admits it. He doesn't like it either. But this is 2011. I mean, Grinder existed, but people still yeah. met and hooked up. Yeah, they, they mentioned Grinder in it. When they talk about mm-hmm. America, they're like, America, it's all, you can be gay and all kind of stuff. And then here, like they think say gay marriage is allowed in America in some places. And here yeah. in England, we still have to use Grinder and secret type of thing. Yeah, yeah. So we're at the club and then Russell sees Glenn and then walks to the bathroom with him, but like just following him, which is weird that you would, whatever. I thought they were going to hook up, which they didn't. They had no vibes with that. And uh, Glenn admits that he was not going in there at all to hook up with Russ. And Russ wasn't even his initial choice when he went back out. The guy that he wanted was gone. I'm just going to call him Russ instead of Russell now. But so Russ is standing next to another dude that's pissing next to him. And he's just staring at his cock while he's peeing. This is just some random dude that's a non-named character. Is that a, I was going to ask you, is this a normal thing if you're at a gay bar that you can just stare at each other's cocks while you're peeing? Yeah. Okay. It is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just making sure because that is not, it's not a social norm of people well it's a gay bar yeah a gay club and everyone's drunk and they're gay and yeah that's which is a big reason i don't go to gay bars especially because the bathroom scares the shit out of me i'm not into that i'm not into cruising bathroom aren't you a stall person yep am i wrong on that yeah okay so i know you're a stall person my brother's a stall person i mean if it's not busy if there if i can be away from people but if i'm next to someone i can't pee i literally cannot my body cannot so not a fan of the trough style no and if someone (laughs) is staring at my penis my god no way. So we had that. And then we end up having Glenn and Russ go back home together. And then they hook up. Let me see my notes about anything like that. Then they wake up and then Glenn ta- starts, wakes him up or whatever. They're talking about his armpits that Glenn is really into licking armpits. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like an uncomfortable scene. He's like, I want to see your pits again. I want to see your armpits again. I need yeah, to see your armpits. I love little things like that after you hook up with someone. As a straight person, I've never, I didn't even know that was a kink. I like, I know the feet stuff. I'm not oh, into that, yeah, yeah. but armpits, I was, did I not know that was a thing. I love looking at Okay. <laughs> this is not a thing I was aware of at all before this movie. Yeah. No, I'm into that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why? Like, what is it? Is it the hair? Is it the yeah. smell? What is it? Both, but the hair. I like, I don't know. They're just attractive to me. So then Glenn says he's working on an art project of recording his lovers after they hook up. Right. And it puts him in a weird like spot. That. And Russ, Russ is uncomfortable I would, with it. I would hate that. Oh, my God. I would hate that. <laughs> Which is weird because then later in the movie, Russ is like, well, I do a weird thing, too. I basically do a whole journal entry onto every little detail of my encounters. It's like, OK. Yeah. Every person you hook up with, you're doing a whole fucking detailed breakdown. That's so weird. But it's some, it's in secret. It's not like telling people he's doing that or different. Because I, I, I did that. Not detailed, but I would give people nicknames and their age and he did my phone and he feels russ feels like a weirdo for doing it he does like the thing where you feel uncomfortable yeah. and you have to like extra confirm like i'm not a creep am i i'm, I'm are you sure i'm not a creep <laughs> no, I, I love, which i loved i love it i love their personalities 
they clash. So they hook up and they, they have this whole thing. He records it. And then we see Russ go to work as he's a lifeguard. Mm-hmm. And then we have the stereotypical straight males talking scene where it reminded me of the Dave Chappelle. I don't know if it was a stand-up or if it was a skit on his show where it was like white dudes. They won't talk about politics at all, but they'll be like, yeah, I was fucking my wife in the ass. Like we have yeah. one friend here who was like, yeah, I had two fingers in. Then I had three fingers in. Then I had yeah. four fingers in. And it's like, that's your fucking coworker, and that's what you're talking about. Yeah. That's the stereotypical straight male friendship, which is I've never. I just can know. Well, that's not your personality. <laughs> no. To your coworker, I've never also I haven't witnessed that. I've heard, heard some weird stuff, but never oh, like, to that level. I've never had to that level ever yeah, in my entire life. I just remember really liking the scene before or after he goes to work and he's in his kitchen. I always just loved the idea of just like waking up and having a cup of coffee in your tiny little flat kitchen. Yeah. I was like 17 when I saw this, 18. Oh, I want to have a flat. So I forgot to mention an important thing. So Glenn, I believe it's before that, says that he's going to be moving, moving to America. Yeah, moving yeah. to America. Which in my world would end the movie. <laughs> like, why would I want to hang out with you the whole weekend if I know you're leaving? Why would I want to develop feelings for you? You're literally leaving in a week. So yeah, we'll, we'll get to some, like, those are some of my complaints with the story. But yeah. we'll get we'll get to it at the end. So we have that. And then after he's been working or whatever, he texts him and then they get back together and then they go to a going away party for Glenn that he has his coworkers at a, just a normal bar. So it's a, they call it a straight bar or whatever, but just a normal <laughs> straight bar. They call it a straight bar. Just a, a yeah, because it's not a gay bar. Yeah. And he's talking about, they're having gay conversations. I don't, I don't, I don't remember what they were talking about, but then the bar owner is like, you're being too loud, but they really weren't. It was more just that they're have, talking about gay stuff. Gay things. And then Glenn gets into an argument. With yeah. Him, which obviously makes Russell uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Because he likes to pretend like there's a scene, yeah. I don't know where it lines up in the film, but they're on a tram or I don't know if it's on the bus, but they're talking about like, there's just random people in the background talking about gay people, if they're gay or not based on their Facebook profile or something. And then Russ just takes off his hat, even though it's just like a, whatever dumb little, I forget what the hat is called. But it might make people think he's gay. Yeah. Gay. So then he just takes it off. <laughs> so then he looks more straight. Sure. Which yeah. the actor, I mean, there's no, it doesn't give off gay vibes, I guess, is what his looks or That's how he moves. Yeah. So he does that, but so then Glenn and Russ decide to ditch his going away party and go to was it like a fair? I don't forget where they go. Yeah, like they go off on yeah. So they go off on their own, and then they end up going back to Russ's place, and we get a lot of drug use, which I was not expecting at all. That really threw me. It was like yeah, we're just gonna do, do copious, copious amounts of cocaine. It's like yeah. every scene they're just doing a line of cocaine, and then they're like, <laughs> do, "Do you want another line of cocaine?" I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> another line of cocaine." right now yeah, and then they smoke a joint that russ has in his wallet i think and they're drinking i'm like holy fuck yeah this is intense like the personality for russ did not scream that he's like a frequent drug user especially because that earlier in the movie for glenn he doesn't even know how to use i forget what he has is it he's a pipe he has a pipe and he doesn't know how to use it so it's like this guy doesn't do recreational drugs probably very often he's not smoking pot very often if he doesn't know how to use it and he doesn't even know how to blow he's like doesn't know what he's doing but then he's doing cocaine well that's easy you just know it yeah and they they blow it into each other's mouths which is very weird they did it like on their hand and they're like okay this would be really cute if we blew cocaine into each other's mouths (laughs) you're gross you're not supposed to eat it are you 
I don't know. Ugh. I have no idea. I messed up the whole order, but we like we've learned in the movie that Russ what came from a foster family, so he did never had his coming out moment, which Glenn thinks has hindered Russ's ability to be comfortable about being himself in public. Yeah, but I don't know. Is to you is that believable? Is that if you don't have your coming out experience to your parents specifically, will that would that hinder everything, or just coming out in general would be okay? Because like it seems like he's came out just to, this is just his personality is not being comfortable. I just in think it's a personality thing. I think a lot of this movie is Glenn trying to find explanations for everything. Sometimes it's not that simple. And then as the I, I talked about, we have Russell sharing his hookup stories on his laptop, and he reads off right. one, and he feels guilt of he hooked up with a married man, and he was. In his head, he was like, I wonder if his wife's going to know by the smell on his mouth because I guess he sucked off Russ. So I don't know if there's like a cum breath and that his kids would be... If they would suspect anything, or they'd be sad because their dad's coming home late and they're missing their dad. He had this whole backstory of what he felt. And I know you've, I don't know, I was going to ask, have you been in a thing? I know you've been when, with a guy where he had a relationship. Have you been with a married individual before that had kids in a traditional life or just a person that was in a relationship or heterosexual relationship? Um, yeah, a few times. But it's usually unknowing until I know. <laughs> like the one time it happened, it was a guy and he picked me up in his car this was not a proud moment i won't get into it but <laughs> point is he had a baby seat in the back of his car and oh, so that's God. how i found out oh, okay. <laughs> it's like oh great you have kids totally white um, but i've been with guys who have wives but it's like if i don't know what the situation is i just assume it's an open marriage so is that so that you feel better personally yeah. and that you can live with yourself okay <laughs> yes because I don't think if, I could personally if, go to that level. Like I couldn't yeah, be with somebody I, that I knew. I couldn't do it. If I know that they're cheating on someone, then I couldn't do it. But if I don't know. <laughs> so as long as you don't have official confirmation, Ignorance. as long as they don't go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The one that I did know was a friend of mine from high school. Um, and I knew I knew for a fact that she doesn't know, but we went to high school all together because they were, they met, or they started dating sophomore year. I don't like her. So I didn't feel bad. Okay. But that was a person. I just going to. Yeah. I just I I personally couldn't do it, but I liked that we built that up for the character. I thought those little things are nice to form him as a human. Yes, but the, we're gonna get some of my criticisms. So then they start arguing over dumb shit. It was about being married yes, and having a relationship. This, this is a even normal the, thing. Even okay. is with it, people I've hooked up with, if we talk, we get into. Shit. But a person that you know you're gonna have one day with. Like they just met the day before. This is the second time they've known each other for 24 hours and they're fighting like a married couple or somebody that's been together yeah. for years. And then they're just chill and like, just, I don't know if I was having this level of discussion and I knew the person's gonna be gone the next day, I would have been out. There's no way. Like when Glenn's like, fuck relationships. I hate them. I'm never going to do them again because yeah, they, Russ learns. Yeah. That his boyfriend cheated on and was a dick and was abusive. Or well, don't we find out he cheated on him with Russ? Isn't that a part of it? I don't There's some person. Yeah. So I don't know, just one day I'd be like, okay, you got to go. Or if I was, I would be like, I'm leaving. There's no way after one day, but they're like forming a legitimate like relationship after 24 hours, which I was just like, ah, eh, it's a little, moving's a little fast. It's a little fast. They don't really know each other that well, or they should be fighting like a married couple and be okay with it. Cause these are like foundational disagreements. And why would you give a shit anyways? After one day, if you're Russ, why are you going to be like, I need a relationship. I absolutely relationships are awesome. You need to be in a relationship. Don't say that. And it's like this dude's leaving in a, a day and now you're going to make him feel horrible. It's, I don't know. 
like just let him live his life and learn if he wants a relationship. But like he had this heartbreak and now you guys aren't going to make it realistically because he's leaving for two years. But now you're going to guilt him and say, yeah, you need to be into the relationship thing. Don't just be anti-relationship. Like, eh, eh. Don't know if you're having this conversation every 24 hours for a person you don't no, know. Probably not. You also don't know his backstory. He doesn't know no. 2% of what happened with his previous relationship. I don't like that in general, telling people how they should live. I don't yeah. mind you saying how you want to live yourself, but don't yeah. tell me what's good enough. So we have this and then they wake up and then we have Glenn asking, what are you doing today for Russ? And Russ is like, I got to go to my God kids birthday party. And then it was just kind of an awkward goodbye. Like, okay, bye. No, anything really. It was just, okay, it's over. And then we have Russ who's acting just like kind of distant at this kid's birthday party. And Jamie, his friend that we talked about earlier, was like, what's what's up? We're going to go outside the party and talk about it. And yeah. then he's like, yeah, I don't want to. Russ like, I don't want to talk about the stuff. We, which makes me kind of uncomfortable. I don't think you like it either. He's like, nope, we can talk about it. And then we have Jamie bringing Russ to the airport to meet up with Glenn before he leaves yes. to the States. They don't end up together. At least we don't know. Like they might've had a long distance, distance relationship, but we don't have that. And I was like, thank God. I was like, thank God. I didn't want that cliche of like, okay, I'm staying or I'm going with you to the States. I was like, thank well, God. I didn't want that. This is the movie where they literally talk about how stupid and cliche it is in movies to chase someone at the airport. And then he does it. I think so. I, I don't even know if they went to the airport. I think they might've went to, it might be a train. Yeah. But whatever, a train station, whatever. whatever but yeah. Leave, yeah. Or- yeah. Like it's a rom-com trope. Yeah. Yeah. And Glenn was like, I knew you were going to come. I just <laughs> knew you based on your personality. I knew you were going to be here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then he gives him the recorder that he recorded his sex confession after they hooked up two nights before as his going away present for Russ to have, which, okay. <laughs> I don't know why Russ would want his own recording back. Like if I was Glenn, I'd be like, that's my memento. I have his voice and I have that memory. I don't know what Russ is going to do with his own voice and his own. Like, that was him. That's that's me. I don't want my own voice. But then they do kiss. They kiss in public. And this is supposed to be the mm. lifting of Russ's fears of being gay in public. And we have... What I figure what slurred is, but we have people in the background doing slurs towards them kissing. TDA thing for me is interesting because I don't like it just in general. Even if I was straight, I don't think I would like it. Yeah. It just creeps me out. I'm not the biggest fan of it either. I don't know. It just creeps me out. But then you have the added layer of being gay and not knowing if someone's going to beat the shit out of you. It's comments, whatever, but like actual danger. I didn't really realize that England or wherever they're at in this film at that time, this state is supposed to take place in like the late 2000s, early 2010s. Yeah. That they were that homophobic. Like I thought they were more progressive over there than us. No. I guess I was wrong. No, I don't think so. Very Catholic. And then even even not even the religious part, it's just very, you know, early drinking masking culture. So yeah. Overall, I thought the film was good. Like I, I wasn't emotionally touched at like the end where I, I never teared up. I never had any of those emotions. No, but I also don't think supposed to. Yeah. They've known each other yeah. for two days. <laughs> yeah. And I also don't know is because like being a straight man, a lot of these like touchstone moments in my life, I didn't experience it. So like I don't have that one-to-one connection of like I didn't experience that I didn't have that I, so I can do the best I can to relate to it but it's never going to be that one-to-one so this film's not really for me I can enjoy it as it was a good movie I enjoyed the, the relationship between the characters and stuff yeah. but it, it's, it's just not directed towards the straight audience I, I don't think at all no no definitely exploring themes of the culture not that there isn't a straight hook culture but no but it's also like I I don't know what it's like to have that. Like, I don't like PDA in public, but I don't have the fear of it. Like he had like the fear of having to be somebody else. Like I don't have that worry. If I'm walking down the street, I don't have that worry of being right. myself. I can be myself. So like, I don't, I can't relate to that. I don't have or this experience where I can't be me, which I think that's the big theme for Russ is just being able to be in his own skin and accepting who he is and not being ashamed of himself. 
Yeah. But also a big part of it is realizing everyone's on a different timetable for that. Yeah. Because obviously Glenn is, it's hard to relate to someone. I had that with my last relationship. The person I was dating was not out to anyone in his life. And it's hard not to just be like, it's just, it's not necessary. You're just harming yourself. But yeah. also you don't know what that person, you can't tell them yeah. when the right time for them to come out. There's probably not, but is there like an average age that somebody usually comes out? Like in today's society, I know back right. in the day, it I was think, way different. I think it's gone down. I mean, I don't know if there's an average age. Yeah. I feel like late teens is probably. Okay. Before it was probably you're, like post college. Yeah. <laughs> because your ex, I was surprised how old he was to have not come out. Right. But the thing was, he did. It's, it's not like he was pretending to be straight. He just wasn't being honest about that he was gay. He didn't have a serious girlfriend. Last time he had a serious girlfriend was when he was 18. When we were dating, he was in his mid I mean, he was pretending to be straight to Alice because didn't he introduce himself to his family? Like for to introduce you to his family? He as, like, was, your, your but friends? he wasn't doing a very good job of it. <laughs> you don't have a girlfriend for eight years. And you bring this random guy. Yes, I know. I understand. <laughs> Not like he was married to a woman. I know, but he was he was still lying to people. Mm-hmm. There's just that thing of not wanting to disappoint not wanting them to but even his friends but even his friends yeah Yeah, you don't want to lose your friends over it and i get like because not knowing him that well really at all but like his background of being like the masculine outdoorsy type that group probably skews very anti-gay for the most part i'm not saying his friends but just that lifestyle is very right-wing oriented conservative because even though he's a college graduate he was in the most conservative type program that they offer yeah i think he had a hard time understanding that your interests have nothing to do with your sexuality i think that's so ingrained and it's like, all well, the things I like to do are straight things. So I can't possibly tell people I'm gay. And that's not, has nothing to do with No. <laughs> but I understand society tells us that. Like, he, I think he assumed as soon as he came out as gay, people are going to assume that he's lying about the fact that he likes to hunt and fish and it's not really him. And how can a gay guy possibly I, like to do those things? I don't know. How he dressed and how he looked. I don't think you're going to lie. That, that's a hard gimmick. <laughs> just based on looks to pull off. <laughs> Yeah. Very rugged, man. So we're going to go into a segment. We're going to do a little mini segment and talk about the last episode, or I guess episode three of The Last of Us, a show on HBO Max, the gay storyline. So I'm going to fit it into this episode. But first, before we do that, we're going to do our last segment for this particular part of the podcast. I think everyone should know the answer to it. Who do I want to fuck in this? Again? I'm going to go with Russ, right? Oh, Is, my it, is it Russ? Tom Collins, yes, who plays Russ. Holy shit. This is one of, I was probably 18 when I saw this. This is one of my, I was, I already knew I was gay. I was out. I was out for like three years. <laughs> my parents, is funny. but this still was a sexual awakening for me. He's so hot. In this movie, oh, beard, body hair. There's a scene where he's in the bathtub and he washes his flesh penis for like a split second. And I'm sure I paused that and found it. But yeah, so we're going to take a short break and be back with a little discussion on episode three of The Last of Us. Welcome back. So to finish this episode, we're doing a little bonus discussion unrelated to the movie about episode three of The Last of Us on HBO Max. Saw a lot of people talking about this episode because of the gay love storyline with Nick Offerman and Murray Murray Bartlett. Bartlett. Nick Offerman is Bill. Murray Bartlett is Frank. Uh Uh-huh. So... Very simple story, I think. And to be honest, I kind of skipped around because it, it was just kind of too slow for me. And we can go into the actual plot of the episode, but um, they had good chemistry and there's some cute things about it, obviously. 
and I liked I liked their personalities how their personalities clashed it was cute mm-hmm. and my favorite part at the end when spoiler alert Murray Bartlett's dying so he wants Nick Offerman to help him commit suicide and then Nick Offerman decides to also kill himself because he doesn't want to live without him yeah that had me like I wasn't in full on tears but it definitely made me tear up yeah especially it's sweet well, well it's super sweet and like it's and then it's saying like his purpose in life was the relationship he has yeah. no he didn't no have a purpose, purpose until you came into my life and now you're my purpose so. Yeah. Why would I live without that? But my favorite part comedically was at that point when Nick Offerman just so good. His he was like on Parks and Rec, his dry delivery when he was joking about how joking about the pills, the big orange one, and the, <laughs> the red white one. Mary Bartley was like dying, is just like looking at him, which was funny because earlier on it was kind of the opposite where Mary Bartlett's character was kind of annoying Nick Offerman. <laughs> Most of the time, which was also my favorite when they when they invited the other couple over and a girlfriend had a gun in their face. <laughs> he was like, I don't want any friends. I watched half the first episode. I didn't watch the second one. So I didn't really know what was going on with the girl in the beginning. I didn't really care. Like, I don't think you really need it just for their their story. Like, But then it pushes <laughs> it forward for their story. Like he needed the car or the truck. But then he also, at the end of the season, Joel is faced with a decision on like love in a different way with Ellie's character. And I think this kind of teaches, like pushes him on that path of, because he's been like this kind of horrible human being since the outbreak. Like he's killing people, doing horrible, horrible things. This last episode, mm-hmm. episode four, I think Ellie asked if he has murdered innocent people and he just doesn't answer the question. Like he's he's a horrible, vile human being. So I think seeing like their romance and how love can exist still to that level in such a horrible, hectic, crazy world. If you're just like a casual person that just wants to watch the, the love story between Bill and Frank, I don't think you, it doesn't even matter. You could just cut out the, like the front and back of the episode and just have that. And then is it Craig, Craig Mazin, whatever the person's name is, he said there's like his original cut of it was two hours for the episode. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot, it, basically a film. It's like a mini film inside this episode. Yeah. For their love story. So I'm curious to see with the critical reception, if they release the Snyder cut, they're like release the <laughs> cut, just to see it. Yeah. But it like the episode critically reviewed so well, but then there's so many people like fans of the series because like it does differ from the game. So going back to the video game that it's based off of, you meet Bill and you find out that he's gay and has a partner, but you never meet Frank. And then you see Frank's body in a store or something hung up. He got infected and then hung himself. And him and Frank and Bill's relationship, I guess, had gotten to the point where they just hated each other. And then that's when Frank left and got infected and killed himself. So completely different story. So people at the video games are complaining that it's completely different. No, who cares? But I think it's I think it's more just being like homophobic and not being able to watch a gay love story in the middle of like their <laughs> zombie apocalypse type things. Like I'm yeah. assuming I'm not a Walking Dead fan, but I'm assuming those episodes aren't having a one-off episode with two random characters no, that in their eyes aren't I main like characters that. that are having a gay love. Yeah, I loved it. I love episode like shows that have that where they have a one-off episode that it doesn't tie in to anything. Yeah. So I really enjoyed it. And I wasn't expecting it to be that way. But some of the moments I really enjoy, like I thought, like, did you, you said you're skipping around the, when Frank trades a gun or whatever, he's off camera. I don't see it, but they trade the gun for like the strawberry seeds. And then he has like the strawberry patch. Yeah. And such a cute romantic thing. And like just seeing like Nick Offerman's dumb little joy. Like it's, I thought it was so beautifully well done. Like, and they were such a believable couple. You could just see like, yeah, they, yeah. maybe in the normal world, these, they don't last together. But a lot of like relationships, like your polar opposites. Well, it's a lot of things. the opposites 
attract thing and it's adorable to watch and it's, in- and it's interesting to know like this with outbreak happened in 2003 so this is before gay marriage was a thing and we also have the end of the episode where they get married like it doesn't like it's not legal in this world yeah but like when outbreak happened gay marriage wasn't a thing nick offerman wasn't in and out individual well at all he, he had closeted. never had sex yeah. with a man yeah yeah he was closeted yeah. assuming he lived with his mom or whatever or in her house mm-hmm. i don't know i just it was such a brilliant episode to me on just a love story like, it doesn't matter if it's gay straight just how well done it was to me in a show that's a zombie apocalypse show based on a video game another video game is critically acclaimed and beloved but just seeing them be able to take that and then make a show that's been so critically well received I, per- I don't because you're more into the award stuff. I personally think that both might get nominated for best guest star, at least one. I would think. I would think yeah, Nick Offerman. I know Nick Offerman's like the more yeah famous, but I personally think Murray Bartlett was the standout. But both of them are good. I didn't love when <laughs> the girl came back down with the note, you know, at the end and reads it and basically says if you're reading this you're joel because anyone else would have been killed by my fence or whatever though which that was an intense scene like when you have the raiders going through and then nick offerman just murdering them and then Uh you have like what they're like on fire yeah and then you have like the fake out of nick offerman gonna die and then he doesn't die but then you had earlier where yeah or murray bartlett was like that Nick Offerman's getting old, but then it reverses that, or then Nick Offerman's taking care of him with his ALS or whatever, Lou Gehrig's. I don't, I didn't yeah. think, whatever, I don't know what they came out with exactly had, but that he's taking care of him. And it was just such a sweet, like their final day of like Frank's been keeping like these stores open and running, like the winery, the boutique, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. It's such a sad thing to be able to, like, yeah, this is my last day. And I just couldn't do that. Be like, yeah, this is my last day on earth. I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I didn't know before that because I don't work. I haven't watched a lot of gay movies, but I didn't know that like the gay tragedy of like where most of them end in suicide or a lot of them end in suicide. Like just hearing people talk about it. Death. <laughs> like what did that did this play into the trope do they usually end in like a dual suicide together or is that yeah. not a thing that you know okay i've never seen that i've seen a few that end in like murder or even like the the couple murders the other one, the one i do love that they like made it so that the main characters joel and ellie didn't go into the room they had it locked and then they didn't go in yeah just respected that. that. <laughs> like we don't need to see like we we know that they're dead just seeing video games be in the mainstream even though it's not really like you watch the show you wouldn't really even know it says like very slightly based on a video game no i wouldn't have no like, clue no, you'd have no idea. And like you see how respected, like in our other show, we talked about the at the Grammys, the Assassin's Creed. <laughs> what what was that? I don't even. Vlaha. Yeah. Vlahala. Like how respect, like nobody, like mainstream people don't give two shits, even though it's the, the most successful entertainment industry in the world. It outgrosses all of them, I think, combined for like a decade or 20 years has done that. So at least it's like bringing some positive light, like where I could, my mom's watching the show, which is insane. Like it's insane to me that my mom is watching the show. My sister's watching my brother and they're all enjoying, like only my brother's played the game. My sister's loving the show does not really play video games at all. Has not played this. My mom hasn't touched a video game really in 25 years. And to me, the people that are complaining that it's changing up the game story, like I enjoy it. Like I don't need a one for one on everything. I want them to be expanded upon like, because the person that created the game is an executive producer. He directed episode two. So he's like really hands-on Neil Druckmann. 
if in his eyes that like they could expand upon this, like for him, for this, he said like he thought that this better served the universe and expanded upon the story in a better way than the video game did. Like, let do that. Like, we're not beholden to the video game. This is a, a retelling. Like, it's just, I don't know. It annoys me that people, it needs to be a one for one exactly. Like, just fucking play the video game then. Right. What's the point then? Yeah. But I just want to talk about this just because we started this new version of the show. And then this just happened out of the blue on something that I was watching. And it's like I said, I don't really watch a ton of gay film, gay TV. So for this just to be brought into my world, I just had to talk about it, especially because how well done, in my opinion, it was. Yeah. And do you have any offense to Nick Offerman playing a gay man in this? Do you have any issue with this when a gay man takes or a straight man takes a gay man's role? No, and I think I texted you this. He's married to Megan Mullally, who played Karen on Will and Grace. So he's basically gay, you know. (laughs) I mean, you're married to fucking Karen from Will and Grace. You're an honorary member of the LGBT plus community, I think. I love it because he's the most like Midwestern stereotypical guy in the world. Like well, we talk about your ex, like this is the, this is that's the him. And that's what I love though, because there's so many different sides to this argument, but it's like, I'm not saying that we can't show stereotypical gay people. We absolutely should and all that, but we also need to show just the average Midwestern gay because they exist, you know? I think the tough spot, this is not to diminish that, but I think there's a really tough part of just any of these like lead or even major roles of just like the average person. We have to have like this certain type for every single, there's not a lot of film where Nick Offerman's going to be the lead character. He might be the the brother or something in it. Yeah. Like everyone, like this should be just inclusive of every type of, we don't need a supermodel person every single, like it's like Pedro Pascal is awesome. Like Pedro Pascal is super, Pedro Pascal is a super attractive man. Like he's getting all the fucking things, but like we can have Nick Offerman be the lead in something that's this successful we don't yeah but that's hollywood ryan you know that i know i know i have to it. be gorgeous to be a lead i, mean, I know just the way it is okay Dallas, reeling us back in to the last of us i'll just end on this who do you want to fuck down <laughs> we talked about pedro pascal how he's become like the daddy yeah for everybody his face is a little weird though Haley wasn't into him before this and then like through the last of us in like his interviews and stuff being like the daddy he's so charming she's started she's starting to be into him like she was like hey he's fine he's just whatever guy and, but now she's like yeah i'm really into pedro pascal he's very charming in interviews and stuff i really hope that there's no like there's always i love this guy and then it's like oh there's all these skeletons in his closet especially because like he wasn't well known for most of his life like it's only been like what game of thrones really pushed him into the limelight yeah who are my other options nick offerman and marie barlin no so I guess I have to say Pedro Pascal. You could pick a female. You could. Oh, uh, the people. children. <laughs> there only children in this. Okay. Okay. Bella shit. Ramsey. What, what? Bella Ramsey. I thought was like 14, 15. She's 19 years old, which surprised the shit out of me that she's that the old. The girl. Yeah. She's 19. Does she have some sort of disease where she. I don't think so. Age. I don't think. I don't think so. Dallas. She looks like a 10 year old girl. She looks like. I thought she was like 14. Yeah, she is 19. She's And then we also young. have Anna Torv, or however you say her name. I think she's beautiful. It's Tash. She was kind of butch, though, wasn't she? She's like, I mean, they're all kind of just dirty and gross. <laughs> a tomboyish. So you're going, who are you going? Just Pedro? Yeah. Out of the two, though, we're gonna, I'm going to hold you to it. Bill oh. or Frank, Dallas? What is your type? Out of Bill and Frank, if you had to pick, who's more of your type? Do you have the more is, wants to well, do shit person? I'm, I'm saying more of personality like personality-wise. 
personality wise is it the person that wants to do stuff or the person that wants to avoid people and be a homebody i don't know i think i like a balance of that and you but, have to pick you but frank, but frank or bill to spend the rest of your life with you're in this you're in the apocalypse who's who nick offerman is bill so you have nick offerman or murray bartlett who do you spend uh, the rest of and as these characters bill frank's personality would get on my nerves i think i, I do love that he kind of just like yeah we're gonna have friends we're gonna have people over i, know. I don't i don't care what you, <laughs> what you say <laughs> And he's just too cheery. I don't like cheery people. You might like it if the world was doomed like that. You might want somebody Maybe. to be positive. <laughs> yeah. Probably. And the last thing to wrap up the episode, and just been in the news, this has nothing to do with any anything about the relationship or whatever, but it was that this is supposed to take place 10 miles outside of Boston, I believe. And people are like, yeah, this is nothing. It's It was like beautiful landscape. That's so funny because... The beginning when it's, yeah, it's at 10 miles out of Boston. They're like, it looks like they're in Wyoming. It, look, it looks like they're in Yosemite or something. I'm like, they this is in not Canada. in fucking Massachusetts, they much less they, near Boston. Yeah. They filmed in Canada. Yeah, no shit. It looked like the Rocky Mountains. Like, this is not Boston. <laughs> okay. It was also a little hard to believe that they're like this beautiful little town that's 10 miles outside of Boston is not like Joel mentions like the Raiders and this has been years into the infection or whatever. And then it's like three years after that for the first time anybody's stumbled upon this town that's only 10 miles outside of Boston. Like, Come on. That's all I have. All right. So let me look quickly. See, I picked a movie. I did pick a movie so I can tease it. So our next episode should be two weeks from when this is released, we will be talking about the 1994 Australian film, The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. What? <laughs> it's a cult classic. It's a dry queen movie, Ryan. You'll have fun. It's a fun movie. Hey, I've seen this guy's face. I know this person. Yeah, they're famous actors. In it. Oh, Guy Pierce is in it? Okay. Guy Pierce is in it, yeah. But it's Terrence Stamp was the guy that I recognize. Yeah, Terrence Stamp is the lead. Are they gay in real life? No. No, this was 1994, Ryan. You, you couldn't hire gay actors to play drag queens. That wouldn't happen. Crazy. Was there any really crazy. out? Was there any out major actors at this time period? I don't even know who was out. Not really. And like anyone who was closeted wouldn't play a role like that. I just I mean, don't know. Like a, but, like, was like Ian McKellen? Was he out? I don't think so. I have no I, I have no idea. And like, I don't even know like his standing at the time of movies. Like if he was anything before. Like, he was X-Men still movies. really old in 1994. <laughs> he wasn't that old. Yes, he was. I'm looking at right now. He was 55. Yeah, that's old. That's old. It's like our like our movie stars I mean, now for a lot of them for that role. Oh, I, I don't know. The, I don't know the movie, but it, they'd be like they're man, in their thirties. Like Tom Cruise is what sixty, and like George Clooney was still like America's fucking heartthrob when he was in his fifties. Well, I'm excited to watch this one. Hopefully, this is sticking to like a film that I will enjoy instead of whatever the fucking first movie we watched I didn't enjoy. I mean, I don't know. I think it's an enjoyable. It's four drag queens on a bus going from Sydney to Perth. So they go like cross country and all their travails. It's 94. There's a few, one in particular that we, I'm sure we'll talk about on the episode. That's would not <laughs> happen today in terms of culturally insensitive towards Asian people, particularly till then. Well, catch up in off. two weeks. Oh, that's it. Send off. Come on. <laughs>